I'm so thankful that the Spirit of the Lord just doesn't exist in a building, right? The Spirit of the Lord exists within us, those who believe in Him. I've seen God throughout our church. I've seen God in our families. I've seen God in the people of our church. And He is at work all throughout the community. He's been at work, and I'm, I'm just, this morning I'm thankful, right? Even, even in the morning where we can all decide to be frustrated maybe or just full of anxiety and fear, I'm, I'm choosing to be thankful. I'm choosing to be thankful that we've had the opportunity to prepare for how to safely organize our community, to prepare to love one another even during this time, to prepare to show God's grace during maybe what could be a tough time. But I want to encourage each of us to, to pay attention to what God is doing and give him thanks every time we see examples of him protecting us. Like give him thanks for the time we've had to prepare and, and receive wise counsel from our medical community, from those who are, who are trying to lead and keep us safe the best that they can. Um, let us not live in fear. Let us live in, with the faith that he is in control and that we believe his word that, that he can work good for everything, even things that are meant to be against us or that are evil. He can turn all of that for our good and the good of those who love him and for his glory. So today we're continuing our series going up like we've been looking at heaven. We've been looking at looking forward to heaven and we've been looking at how to have heaven on this earth. And a lot of it has to do with the, the example that Christ set when he came and walked among us. He came and like gave us the example, the example, right? When we try to look to church or religious leaders or back then, the, those who knew the law and were trying to live righteous according to the law, like Christ came in and said, I want you to live according to the law, but really according to him, he fulfilled the law. To love God, to love others. Philippians 3, 13 through 14 is where we started this series. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, and this is the Apostle Paul, forgetting what is behind and straining toward to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God has called us heavenward. He said, I want you to get free from your past. But he said, we have to be honest about where we are in our walk with Christ. We have to be honest about where I am in my walk of faith. He wants, Paul's encouraging us to press on towards the goal. Heaven. But remember again, if heaven is the goal, heaven for eternity, but also what? Heaven now, while we're here on this earth. And to help us with that, whether we like it or not, or whether we admit it or not, it doesn't matter where we are in this faith journey. It doesn't matter if I'm an atheist, if I'm a Christian, if I believe in another religion, I believe this truth. God has put eternity in every one of our hearts. He has also set eternity in their heart. And yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. He has put eternity in our heart. 
And I loved that for so many years before I knew Christ, for so many years before I decided that he was worthy of me giving my life to him. There was still something like nudging in my heart, in my mind, saying, Larry, there's something bigger. Like, and we talked about when we step out, we're out on the ocean here in Alaska, right? When we're out in front of the mountains or on top of the mountain, when we're hiking, like we're looking at God's beauty, the beauty of creation, and we're saying there's something bigger. Even science today, when we dig as deep as we can and get as microscopic as we can, we find things what God is calling like the God particle. Some, a particle they've never seen before, and they keep discovering new things even at the depth in microscopic matter. There's something bigger going on. The all-knowing God knows me is what we talked about last week. Psalm 139, 1 through 6. I love this scripture. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's anything, any wicked way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting, your way. I love this because it's all of scripture. It's not meant for us to judge each other and beat each other up and like ridicule each other. Like, a pastor friend of mine said this, whoever won somebody for Christ by ridiculing and criticizing. Right? We win people for Christ by the way that we love one another. And as you guys saw last week, maybe you didn't. I was trying to show the example of what Christ looked like when he sat with the disciples. And he said, here's what we're here to do. We're to, we're to love one another. And he did what? He took time and he washed their feet. I just want to say I had no idea that was going to be as emotional as a thing as it was for last week. You know, I even had to apologize to Damon after that exercise and say, bro, I, I did not mean to like lose it during that example. But I'll tell you, it is a, it is a physical and spiritual humbling of yourself when we take time to wash one another's feet. The God of the universe literally took time to humble himself to say, I'm here to love you and serve you. He got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. John 13, 12 through 17, Jesus says this. He says, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right. That is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet so that you should wash one another's feet. I have given you an example. You should do as I have done for you. He says, what I'm about to tell you is true. A servant is not more important than his master, and a messenger is not more important than the one who sends him. Now you know these things, so you will be blessed if you do them. He was trying to say, God and I are one. Like I am God's son, he is my father, we are one and the Holy Spirit is one with us. And guess what? Like you and me, we have the Holy Spirit. We have Christ within us. And he's saying, I didn't, I didn't give you my spirit so that you can just rule over this world with judgment and condemnation, but to just love one another. In Luke 22, and here's where we finished last week, 44. Jesus said he asked his father to remove the cup of suffering. 
And then he surrendered. He says, not my will, but yours be done. So one of my favorite things, and you guys, I may have had this conversation with you already. Like, I, lo- I love to know who you are. I think the church, this, we're called to these three things. To know everyone in our community to say, who are you? Where are you? And how can I help you? Take your next step in the spiritual journey. Like, I think as we gather each week together in the church, like, we love the fellowship part. Like, we love to gather with food with one another, to hang out, to, to just love and encourage one another. But I think we also, we need to be intentional about this part. We need to know where we are on the spiritual walk. Like, you, you guys need to know where I am as a pastor. Like, is Larry walking closely with God right now? Is he in the Word? Is he praying? It's the same thing for me to you to say, are we really walking together as brothers and sisters in this faith journey? That's the church. Who are you? Where are you? So we'll start this week. How can I help you take one more step toward heaven? Like that's that's all I'm here to do. I want you to take one more step towards heaven. And how we do that is drawing near to God. Hebrews 10 is where we're going to spend most of our time for the rest of the today. Hebrews 10, 19-39. You can turn there in your Bibles. You're leather bound. For those of you at home, if you have your phones or your computers, you can pull up Bible.com or the Bible app. It's, it's great. It has a lot of the, many of the translations um, that people love. I actually read a lot out of the, the ESV or the NIV for my two preferences, but... But that's totally up to you guys. Hebrews 10, 19 to 39 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened up for us through the curtain of his body, through his death and resurrection. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, here's our key scripture. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in the full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold resolutely to the hope we profess. Resolutely. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some is made of habit. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching the day of Christ's return. What's cool about this is these words again are timely, right? Like even as we're meeting in our homes and some of us in the church, I think we might have 10 people this morning, which is awesome. Our worship team and some spouses. But let us draw near with a sincere heart. Let us hold resolutely to the hope that we profess in Christ. Because he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to spur one another on with love and good deeds. Even during this time where our community may have to temporarily lock down again. How do we continue to love and share in good deeds with one another? Let us not neglect meeting together as some have. What's cool is like we just started our home groups, right? We just started these small social circles that I just want to encourage you to pray 
and say, God, like, let us continue to meet as your brothers and sisters. Let us continue to meet in our homes and encourage one another. God, give us your protection and wisdom as we as we travel, as we make these decisions down this temporary path that we're on. Let me continue. Hebrews 10, 26 says, if we deliberately go on sinning. So this is the warning. This is the warning part. If we deliberately go on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no further sacrifice for sins remain, but only a fearful expectation of judgment. This is, this is from God. And of raging fire that will consume all adversaries. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think one deserves to be punished who has trampled on the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, that insulted the Spirit of grace? That's a warning for those of us who who are just living however we want to. And we're not paying attention to God's word. We're not paying attention to um, this thing that he wants us to love God, to love one another, to follow Christ. In a time where it is so easy, guys, guys, like I'm watching the news today and it, it is so easy to compromise what we believe and who we are. It's also so easy as, unfortunately, as Christians, for us to heap judgment upon one another and to criticize, right? To criticize authority and leaders. Like even the making the decision to not hold church in person, to go back online like that, it is such a tough decision. And no one wants to make those decisions. But at the, but at the end of all of it, in the middle of all of it, I have to get on my knees. We have to get on our knees and say, God, we trust you. Like we trust what you're doing. Your church is, has not died. It has multiplied through many years of persecution, through many years of confusion. Like generations are not lost because you are not faithful. Generations after generations have been found and continue to step towards him because he is faithful and he is loving. Let's continue. Verse 30. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. This is the Lord. The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is the part where we work out our faith in fear and trembling. That every single one of us should, should, should if we're going to approach God with a sincere heart, we have to look at his word and say, all right, God, like speak truth to me. Tell me where I am. Where am I in my walk with you? Do you feel far from God today? I've had several conversations this week about Larry. I don't know how to do this thing. I don't know how to walk with God. Like, I don't know how to have a relationship with him. And it amazes me to hear this every now and then. But I don't, I don't know why it catches me off guard still. It's because maybe I've been in a Christian phase for almost all of my life. And I can look back and see these are times when I felt closest to God. And these are times where I felt maybe like God was far from me. Right? But the truth was is maybe I wasn't in his word. Like maybe I wasn't praying the way I used to. So we had some good conversations this week. And what I love is after every one of these conversations, we get to pray together. 
and we get to say, God, thank you for making yourself real. Thank you for showing up in a time where we need you most, for showing up to those people, those of us who say, I don't feel God is near me anymore. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Continuing in 32, remember the early days that you were in the light. In those days, you endured a great conflict in the face of suffering. Remember the early days. So this is a challenge for each of us. Do you, do you remember the day that you said, I believe in the Lord Jesus is my Lord? I remember I was in a, in a church in Galveston, Texas, actually Lamarck, Texas. We had, I think, red carpet and wood pews. And our pastor, his name was Brother Leo. And he, we loved the way he preached the word. And back then it was like, um, it was like hell, fire and brimstone. A lot of that, right? If you grew up in that. But it was also heaven. And I remember saying this overwhelming through and through this thing like you, you I want your life. I want all of you. I want all of you. <laughs> And as Brother Leo proclaimed, all you need to do is believe that you're a sinner and you're in need of a Savior. That you are not worthy to be the Lord of your life. To take a step forward and say, I give you all of myself. Remember the early days that you were in the light. And in those days you endured. So I did some marriage counseling this week again and and for those of you that are married and for those of you who aren't married yet, let me just say this. Like when you're in the heat of the battle and you don't remember why you said yes to this person, right? When you don't remember why you said I do and you're wanting to maybe throw up a, a coffee mug or a dish at that person or whatever that might feel like. Like just calm down for a second and remember, remind yourself. Remember when we used to date, when we first started dating? Do you remember when you used to leave flowers or roses on the car or a sweet note? Like, remember those days, those early days. We're constantly, why is it that we're constantly as human beings having to go back and remind ourselves to remember what it was like in the beginning? And when we submit ourselves back to that, to what we used to do in the beginning, we have this fresh love again. This fresh reminder, remember the early days that you were in the light. In those days, you endured a great conflict in the face of suffering. He continues in 33. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to ridicule. Now he's talking to the Christians who gave their life to Christ, who those around them were, were ridiculing, persecuting. You were publicly exposed to ridicule and persecution at other times, you were partners with those who were so treated. You were sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. You gave it all over in his name, knowing that you yourselves had a better and permanent possession. Do you remember? Like, do we remember? So do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. We need to persevere so that after you have done all the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. 
And he says this, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteousness one, but, but my righteousness one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. He's, guys, we're getting a, a, a command, a request, like an appeal from someone. Think of a, a brother or sister who loves you dearly, like loves all of you, who knows you unlike anyone else. We're getting the pill that says, draw near to God with a true heart. Like just draw near to the God that loves you. I, so I did a radio interview just the other day here in Kodiak. And, and we're talking about, you know, what church has been like during the season of COVID. And we've been doing this for nine, ten months now. It's been, it's been quite a while. Like open, closed, online, in person, not in person, out on the beach. Like we actually have really good memories and some really tough memories. But even through all of it, like we have to choose, I'm not gonna be distracted. Like I'm just gonna draw near to God and trust Him during this. I think I shared yesterday, and a couple of days ago on the radio, it says, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't understand those of us that do, like, I know without a doubt God believes in you. And he loves you completely. And he loves you right where you are. And I remember what it was like to not have a faith, to not walk with God, to say that's, that's a bunch of stuff that I don't know if I believe. I remember those days. But I also remember the day that I said, I'm tired of feeling the way that I do. I'm tired of this thing in my heart that's drawing me towards eternity, that's drawing me towards a relationship with him. And I remember saying, God, just show me yourself in your word. Bring men and women who know Christ into my life and you can have me and I submit to you. When we come before God with a humble heart and we submit to his will with the desire to glorify him as Lord over our lives, then we experience a closeness with him that you can't, it's, it's hard for me to tell you what that closeness is like. Like it's, it's a mystery how it works with each of us. I can tell you this, when I draw near to God, like I have more peace, more joy, more trust. I mean, I, I, I can't explain it. More love for others. Instead of what, like, going along with some of the days that I don't feel peaceful or joyful or loving. Like those are the days where I say, God, I need you. Please draw near to me. And the funny thing is, is he's there. It's me who steps away. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of, of that, that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So this week I had the honor of talking with three of our guys here in the church. And it, it has blown me away. All three, one is still praying about it, but let me, just, let me just share this with you. I'm a little excited. 
two of the guys have finally said, Larry, I want to be baptized. Like I'm reading this scripture about sprinkling our hearts to cleanse us and then having our bodies washed with pure water. And I'm thinking like, these guys have committed their life to Christ. And maybe they were sprinkled as babies, I think is one of their stories, but it, it wasn't their decision to say, I'm gonna take the step of obedience and I'm gonna get baptized because you're the Lord of my life. Because I believe that Christ has a better life for me than I can make up for myself. And I want to take that next step of faith, that next step towards heaven and be baptized. So let me invite our church to, to be praying for these men. I don't wanna give their names out yet, but I am so excited for them to take that next step of baptism and obedience and be praying for the third, the third young man who's praying the same thing. And for those of us who've, who've accepted Christ and have said, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life, and you and we haven't if you have not taken that step of baptism baptism does not save you it's rather an outward expression it's a symbol to the world that says i'm following jesus i love him i believe he died for me and i'm all in i i ask that you just you stop right now and you ask if you've accepted christ and you haven't taken that next step won't you join us it's one of the things that we do, and it is on the surface level and surface appearance. It's a little, it's a little odd that we go underwater, right? Like, like what's baptism all about? But when Christ was here, when he walked this earth, John the Baptist got to baptize Christ in the Jordan River. Christ was baptized. And we saw signs of the Holy Spirit after his baptisms, after his baptism. And if, and if the Lord, if the God of the universe comes to this earth and shows us another example, like the feet washing, right? If he shows us another example of a next step to taking a step towards heaven, why would we not do it? And it's not a maybe, it's not really a should I, it's a, it's literally an obedience to his word to saying, all right, I'm in, I believe it. And I believe when we decide to take this step of faith, to be bold in our faith is what it's all about. Imagine living in a Muslim country where you will literally lose your life after you get baptized, or you will literally lose your entire family after professing your faith. And it's happening right now. People are leaving their families, losing their families, they're losing their lives, they're persecuted. For literally saying, I believe in Jesus. He is the Lord of my life. And I'm going to be baptized publicly. It's a commandment in scripture that we can't get around. So church, let's pray for those who have not made this step of faith yet. Let's agree together that during this time, even during this time, that as we draw near to God with a true heart, that our brothers and sisters that are right there taking this step of faith, to encourage them also. So I'll invite our worship team back up. I'm so thankful that we're able to have worship even during this time. I'll conclude the message.
and remind each of us. Let's draw near to God with a sincere heart. Let each of us, as we talked about last week, God, search me. Am I living this life for me? Or am I living this life for you? And for those of you who haven't taken the step of faith of accepting Christ and saying, you know what? I am messed up. Like, I need you. I ask that you be bold this morning and say, today's the day, November 1st, that today's the day where you say, God, I need you. I'm tired of being a mess. I'm tired of thinking that I could do this life on my own. If that's you, just reach out and text some of us or your family member or a friend and just say, I'm making this decision today and I, can you pray with me? And for those of you who have already decided to accept Christ and say, he's the only way, the truth and the life, that I can step into heaven and had heaven on this earth. If you're ready to make him Lord of your life and and this next step, be baptized. Let's do it. Let's not delay. John 12, 32, Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted from this earth, will draw everyone to myself. The good news is, he is lifted. He rose again. After a death on the cross, he sat with the disciples, celebrated communion. He washed their feet as an example to how to love one another. He's teaching us how to be bold men and women. And he just says, I want you, I want all of you, but you, this is the part that God can't do. He, he won't and can't force you to take a step towards Him. Take a step towards Him this morning. I want to say thank you guys for joining us today. We are praying for you, all of those at home joining us. For those of you who may have accepted Christ for the first time, reach out and let us know, even in the comments section. Just let us know. You have lots of friends and family here that love you and would like to just encourage you. And for those of you who are on the fence about maybe taking a next step of faith towards baptism, towards serving, towards joining in what God is doing, be bold and say, today is the day. Like, Father, I trust you and I love you. And his plan, let me just tell you, his plan is so much better than what we've come up with on our own. So we'll wrap up here. I'll pray for us. Um, before I pray, mark your calendars for next weekend. We will have drive-in church. And we will be, you can show up in your cars, invite neighbors and friends. You can be safe in your vehicles. And we will have the service, worship and the message, on the FM channel of your stereo. You can crank it as loud or as low as you want. Um, but please join us next Sunday, 11 a.m. for our drive, first driving worship service. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. 
I am so thankful for what you're doing. I'm so thankful that we get to gather together and just give you glory. That's what we're here to do. Father, let us live out what you've called us to do, to love you, to love one another, to serve you, to put our personal preferences aside, especially in this season, and say, I'm trusting what you're doing. Just let me be a bold man or woman who can just proclaim your glory. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.